0: For everything that he's doing Hallelujah. My question to you today is, can you believe God beyond your problem? You say it again, Can you believe God beyond your problem as your problem becomes so big, so large in your mind that it seems that it cannot be defeated? How is it possible to believe God beyond that problem or that issue that is trying to steal your peace? Or maybe it has stolen your peace. And today we will take a look at faith and how faith allows us to believe God beyond our stuff. Amen. Our problem. How do we believe God in the midst of those challenging situations of life that seem so large and so threatening? This is something I want to consider today as we continue in our faith series named Walk by Faith and Not by Sight. This is part two. Last week we began it and we were talking about last week the what of God, the faithfulness of God. Today I'm asking how... I'm I'm, I'm really trying to examine and maybe encourage you to see how to believe God beyond your problem. Say it with me. I can believe. Say it again. I can believe God beyond my problem only by faith. It is possible to believe God beyond what you can see, beyond what you can hear and beyond what you can feel. I'm going to say it again. I just said something right there that was worth at least one amen. You can believe God beyond what you can see, beyond what you can hear, and what you can feel. God is above the senses, right? I say this all the time, and I believe that it is validated in Scripture. The more you know about God, the more faith you will have in him i us say it again. The more you know about God, the more faith you will have in him. That is why I'm going to make this proposition to you that the word that you allow to get into your eyes and your ears and your heart is what's going to help release your faith toward God. Amen? You have to know about God. How has God shown us himself? His word. Look at somebody and say, how often do you get into the Word? Just ask them. Don't, and you don't have to answer back. I'm just, I just want you to. What do you need God to do in your life? That thing that's on your mind, that thing that's trying to rob you again of your peace, that thing that you can't handle by yourself. So I want you to listen today because this is the thought of the day, so you may want to just write this down. God wants you to believe that he has the power to deal with your problem. He wants you to believe him beyond your problem. God wants you to believe him beyond what you can see, beyond what you can hear, beyond what you can feel. So again, today we're talking about how to believe God beyond your problem. I want to look at, first of all, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I just want to take a side note right here. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Very familiar passage. I know you know it, but I want to bring this out just for a moment. We take for granted the things of the Word of God because we've heard them so many times in our lives, but we really need to begin to break down truth today. Amen. So let's look at this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's as far as I want to go. I want to read that again. Do not be anxious about anything. I want you all to say that part with me. Say it. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, I want you to make it personal and say, I, come on, say, I should not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, I should pray, amen, with thanksgiving, making my petitions to God, presenting my request to God. Now, when you look at that passage, it's something that's behind the words. How can you not be anxious about anything and How can you be thankful in all situations and present your your request to God? This is only done as we choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. See, how can I not be anxious about something? I want you to think about that. We as believers should understand that we have a God who's mightier than every issue that faces us, right? There are things in our lives that seem to threaten us, do harm to us, may threaten our family, our, our finances, our very livelihood, our children, our, our very future. There you know, may be some bad things. Uh, 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 situations medically that the doctor told you something you didn't want to hear or something financial something going on bad with your job seems like the bottom may be falling out on your family situation but let me tell you God wants you to understand that he's bigger than all those things amen he's bigger than all those things So once I can believe God is beyond what I can see, he can do more than I can see, hear, or feel, then I can present my request to him in a spirit of faith. Faith is, and listen to this, faith is not, I'm, I keep saying this, I'm going to say it over and over to it clicks. Faith is not based on your senses. What are your senses? You know, your eyes, you can see, you know, you can... You can hear with your ears, auditory, you can touch things, you can, all, all those things. Faith is not based on that. Biblical faith is not based on that. Faith, listen, faith is based on what God has promised you in his word. Now I'm about to say some things to you that, that may seem like you've already heard it, but it doesn't do any good if you've heard it and not apply it. You, you got you to gotta put this to work in your life. Some of y'all could probably get up here and take my mic and preach what I'm about to say. But that it, again, have you lived it? Have you walked it out? The name of this series is We Walk by Faith. Walk means to live by faith. We live. We walk by faith and not by sight. we just saying that song, God is fighting for us. See, that's a faith statement. He's pushing back the darkness. That's a faith statement. You can't see God. You can't see God fighting for you. How do you know that? How can we sit up here and proclaim that? How can we shout glory about that? Because the word tells us that. You've never seen God in your life. Now, some of y'all may have, but I've never seen God. But I've seen God in his word. Amen? I've seen God in his word. Last week we talked about the faithfulness of God and how God never misses what he aims at. He never drops the ball. God never trips up. God God is always consistently on time. God does everything right toward what he wants to do. And nothing can ever hinder him from doing what he wants to do. Come on, somebody. I wish somebody would believe me. You can count on God to do what he says in his word, no matter how difficult or impossible it may seem. Somebody say this with me. God is a supernatural God. He's not limited by natural processes of life or natural patterns. God, God is not limited by what you are limited by. We serve a God. Watch this. He can work through natural things and come up with supernatural outcomes. Amen. God, God can do so- Yeah, can't. Nobody can do that but God, man. That's because we serve a supernatural God. Amen. We take for granted Jesus walked on water. How many people y'all know walk on water today? Jesus, Jesus just started walking. I mean, just, just walking on water. Say Jesus walked across the lake so fast he beat the boats. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that just strolling across the water? Who does that? Somebody need to raise your hand and say, Lord, you're mighty. Hallelujah. Who does that? He can stroll across the water because he made it. Amen. That water better stiffen up when he walk on. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That's the God that we serve, man. That water going to do exactly what God wanted to do. God works beyond the natural. Even though though he works through natural processes, he still comes out with supernatural outcome. Faith moves you beyond the impossible. It moves you beyond the limits. It moves you beyond the statement that I can't get it done or that's not for me. How many of y'all know faith puts you in a realm where you can go beyond yourself? You can go beyond the money in your bank account. You can go beyond your educational status. I wish somebody could rise up today in faith and say, yes, I believe that. Faith puts you in a place where we can receive what God has promised us. Even when we can't see how he's going to do it. You know, you don't have to worry about how God's going to do what he said he was going to do. Just believe that it's going to be done. Let me say it again. You don't have to worry about how it's going to be done. If God said it's going to be done, just believe it's going to be done. And actually, in the spirit, it's already done. It's already there. That's why God is saying, this is gonna happen. It's already there in my mind. So let's talk about this thing. As we're talking about believing God beyond our problem, we must get to this issue of faith. What is faith? What is faith? Faith is simply trusting in God. That's the bigger part of faith and we're gonna talk, we're gonna to add to that definition as we move through this, through this process this series, but, but just just the, the simplicity of it is trusting in God. But to trust in God, what does that mean? Trusting in God himself is, is really what faith is about. Everybody look up for a moment. Faith is all about who you believe God is. Faith is all about, watch this, trusting in God and then trusting in what he has said. You have to trust God, and you have to trust what he said. That's what faith is about. Every, you, you're anchoring everything in your life on what God has said. Remember last week, we talked about the character of God. What was one of the, the attributes, the characteristics of, of, of the character of God that we said about God last week? He is what? Faithful. That's what we rest our faith on, the faithfulness of God. He comes through every time. Amen. Hebrews 11.6. Let's look at that from the NLT. Hebrews 11.6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See, our faith begins with who God is. I keep saying that you have to believe that God is, but not only that God is, but he is what he said he is. He's a faithful God whose character has always been that he does what he promises. Amen? So let's look at an example here of faith, the Word of God this morning from Genesis. You probably already know who we're about to talk about, the man of faith, amen. Genesis chapter 11, verse 30. I want to pick up right there. Genesis chapter 11, verse 30. Now, this chapter, it goes on, it goes into talking about the generations of Abraham and his father. And it begins to pick up Abraham and Sarai, or Abram and Sarai from this point. His name has not been changed yet. And in, as it's talking about his family and the generations of his family, Genesis chapter 11, verse 30, NIV. Um, I'm sorry, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm messing with y'all today. All right. It says, now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. I'm going to say that again. So you have this history of, of, of Abram's family, beginning with his father, moving on. And then it gets to this, it just all of a sudden says, and Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Sarah had no children she was barren well that is a problem everybody say that's a problem I don't know most women I know most women not all women of course not all women had children not all women wanted children but most women many have had children and especially in the ancient culture uh, if a woman did not have a child they did not produce an heir especially what a male heir that was a huge problem first of all uh, that was devastating to her because one of her main main uh, uh, duties in society was to bring forth an heir. So right here in Genesis 11, Sarah, Abram's wife, could not bring forth a child for him, could not bring forth an heir. I want y'all to just follow me. How many of y'all know that was a natural problem that was big, and she couldn't do anything about it? There was no in vitro fertilization back then. That was all that, No, it was just you you barren. You cannot bring forth a child. So a woman was supposed to bring forth children. The children, the male child, would become the heir to move the family line forward. The heir was also the one to receive the family inheritance. And ultimately, this is how, listen, when the parents got older, they gave the money, the finances, everything, the property, everything, they gave it to the male heir, and the male heir was supposed to take care of his aging parents. He was supposed to take care of all the needs of the house. Once the heir came of age, he received everything of the family and he took care of everything. But if you didn't have an heir, what was going to happen? That disrupted the flow of the pattern of of giving to the next generation. This this was a big deal. She could not bring forth a child. She was barren. And not only that, Sarai was past the age of naturally bearing children. So she had a double problem. Not only could she not bring forth a child, but she was past childbearing age. Now stick with me. How many of y'all know that's a big problem? That was a big problem. Genesis 15, 1 through 6, let's look at that now. So it says, after this, the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. See, back in that day, if you didn't have an heir, you had to find a male heir to give, your inherit- to give them your, your property, to give them your stuff, so your family line could keep going, right? So he had already found somebody, set aside somebody. He said, it's Eleazar. And, and, and Abram said, you have given me no children. See, God had already begun to talk to Abram about how he would have generations and, and great generations would be made of him. And, and he was like, well, Yahweh, you haven't given me anything. What can you give me? You say you're my great reward, but you had not given me any children. So he said, I had to pick somebody because I I don't see how I can get a child. Even though you kind of mentioned that a child may be coming, I I don't understand. It has to be who I choose, I guess, right? Then the word of the Lord came to him. He says, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Now, remember I told you, his wife Sarai was past childbearing age, right? And guess what? So was he. <laughs> right. When God began to talk to Abram a couple of chapters back in Genesis chapter 15, he chapter 12, he was seven, he was already 75 years old. So he's at least 75, right here. Now check this out. His wife Sarai was 10 years younger, so she was at least 65. So we're talking a 65-year-old woman and a 75-year-old man, at least, who are past childbearing age. But God is saying, don't pick nobody in the natural to be your heir. I'm going to bring an heir through your own body. Now watch this, verse 5. So Yahweh took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. In other words, there's so many stars you can't count. Them. Watch this. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Whew. I'm sure Abram was like, okay, my wife is barren. She passed child barren age. I'm at least 75. How, how, how is this going what, what, to happen? How many of y'all know we, we, we treat God the same way when, he, when we see a Some in his word, and he said, Well, I can do, I'm gonna do this, this, and this. And it's like you're saying, How? Everybody say, How? (laughs) My answer to you is don't worry about it. That's God's side, that's his territory. You don't have to worry about how. You just have to believe that what he said is true. So he took him outside and said, I want you to look at all these stars, and if you could count them, that's how many your offspring will be, even though you don't have one natural child right now. Now, verse 6 is is the the, the linchpin of all this discussion this morning. Verse 6. Everybody read it with me. What does it say? Abram believed the Lord. Would you believe the Lord? Your wife, at least 65, hadn't had baby one. You 75 hadn't had baby, and you're gonna believe the Lord. Everybody say, Abram believed the Lord. And he credited to him as righteousness. In other words, when Abram believed God, God said, Since you believe what I've said, I'm going to declare that you're right with me. I'm going to make you right with me. How many of y'all know that's how we got saved? When we heard the gospel, we believed what God said about his son, that he was what? The savior of the world. And we said, Yes, I believe. And what God said, because you believe what I said, I call you righteous. Same, that's how faith, everybody say that's how faith works. Faith begins by what you hear what God says and what you take it and say I believe it and God responds to your faith. Abram believed God. Abram believed God and, and he made, and God made him right. I'm, I'm getting to a point. So this is where your faith comes into play. Write this down. Our faith, just write it down if you will. Our faith is used to receive what God has promised. That's what faith is for. Faith is used to receive what God has promised. See, the the only way that Abram could have received his child, his son, was that he believed what God had said would happen. All right, hold on with me. So your faith should be used to receive what God has promised. You need your faith to obtain what seems impossible. Say this with me, my faith is used to receive what God has said, even if it seems, come on, impossible. See, if God promises to do it, it is not impossible for him. It may be impossible for you, it may be impossible for the doctors, it may be impossible for for your supervisor at work, for the bank, it may be impossible for whoever, but it's never impossible for God if he said he would do it. Let's continue to build upon this thought of faith this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, you know where I'm going. Like I said, most of y'all could probably teach this right now. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one from the NIV. Read it with me. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. Now, everybody says with me, hope means expectation. So watch this. Faith is confidence in what we are expecting. What are we expecting? What God has promised. So faith is confidence in what we are expecting. And assurance about what we do not see. Wow, how can you be sure about something you can't see? Look at somebody and say, because God said it. Come on, say it, because God said it. That's the only thing, see, that's the only thing that you can be confident about and sure about. If God has said it, you can be confident in what you hope for. You can be confident. I'm expecting, I may not have it right now, but I'm expecting it. Why? Because I'm assured that it's coming because God said it. So when God, Yahweh took Abram to look at all those stars, even though he hadn't had child one, the testimony is that Abram believed God I want to look at Hebrews 11 1 through the new century version I don't know if the media has just listened to it. it it's similar but listen faith means being sure of things we hope for being sure of things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it why do we know that something is real even though we can't see it because God said it. Last week, we said God is faithful. His character, he never misses. He never loses a battle. He never makes a mistake. He never goes down the wrong avenue. He never makes a wrong turn. God is always on point. So when he says something he's going to do, it's going to be done. Oh, I wish somebody could hear me today. So let's read this again. Let's read this uh, faith uh, explanation, if we would. Read, faith means, come on, say it loud. Come on, faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know God is going to tell you a whole lot of stuff from his word that don't seem real, but it is real in his heart and his mind? Come on somebody, it's already there. When God took him and said, this how many descendants you gonna have, you can count the stars, that's how, it was already done in God's mind. But it was up to Abram to believe that Yahweh was big enough to deal with his problem. We're talking today about believing God beyond your problem. Abram did not have the bible he did we have 66 books called the bible from genesis to revelation and and that book it it, it includes thousands of years of God, of Yahweh, doing all that he did, all those miracles, all the power, God is almighty, all his names, El Shaddai, El Elyon, all those great names, Elohim. It shows us all of who he is, his character, year after year, generation after generation. Then he brought Jesus in and saved the world. All those things we see in the Bible, we see with our eyes, we can pick those promises up every day. Came around with us on our phone, but check this out, Abram didn't have a Bible. So God had to give Abram something to see with his eye so that he could, with his little mind, begin to understand that this God that I'm talking to is so big, so great. This God is saying he can do something way beyond what I'm seeing in the natural. He had to show him something that he could see guess what? God don't have to take us to the stars no more. We got the word. We got the word. Somebody said, I got the word. Hallelujah. Somebody said it again, I got the word. You can look at the promises of God and say, okay, that's for me. God said this about my situation, but guess what? That ain't going to work for somebody who ain't going to open their up. You got to look at somebody and say, you got to know what God promised. Come on, you got to know what God promised. So God took him outside and said, look up so you can see. And all the stars, if you can count them, that's how many descendants you will have, even though you have not had your first child and you at least 75 years old. Hallelujah, man. The word of God has captured the promises of God for us to see. This is why it's so important to read your Bible consistently. Now, I want, to, I want you to think about what are you going through today? What is your problem? What is your issue? Now, thank God if you don't have one. Praise God. But, man, this, this world that we live in is full of them. It's full of trouble. And at this point, listen, we as people of God, we're going to have to learn how to be people of faith and take God at his word. Amen. The Bible contains the reality of what God says he would do. Woo, somebody say, thank you, Lord, for your word, man. It's up to us to find the promises. How many of y'all ever heard of a promise book? Raise your hand, seriously, if you ever heard of a promise book. A promise book, which you can buy on Amazon or anywhere, go to Walmart. You can can buy Christian bookstores online. It's just a book that that has different chapters in it. And it may say this chapter is all about the the healing promises of God. This chapter is all about financial blessings of God. This chapter is all about marriage, family, husbands. Wives. This chapter is all about praying over your children, believing for your children. This, this chapter is all about uh, whatever. See, everything in the Bible, God God has given everything in the Bible for us to have solutions for life. Amen. And, and then he says, these are, these are the things that I will do. These are the things that I'm promised that I will do for your family, for your finances, for your body, for your mind, for your peace. These are the things I said, the promise books, help you just to get you may not have a bible where you know where things are but a promise book can help you go right to okay what does it say about what does it say about peace give you about 10 scriptures about peace Right. What does it say about relationships? You're about 15, 20 pounds. But what does it say? The promise book. But why is it called a promise book? Because it, it takes the promises of God and just puts them in a book and it separates it out. And you, you need to everybody look at somebody and say, you may need a promise book. Come on, say you may need a promise book. You may. Why? Because you need to know what God has said. You need to know what God has promised, because that's what your faith will be based on. Now, of course, you can find it in the Bible. You can Google it and say, "Well, what does the Bible say about this and that?" And that? you may not. You, you don't have to have a problem, but you can Google it. We we have no excuse today, man. We it's just all around. There's so many ways to get into the Word now. Even AI can help. I, I was looking at some last night. I I just typed in a question, AI just put a whole pa- ten paragraphs of stuff. I don't know if it's always right, but is it? Is it <laughs> That's just the world we live in today. We really have no excuse. We really have no excuse. So faith is our belief in God and in his word. Faith is the channel by which we receive what God has already said is ours. Woo! Somebody say, thank you for faith, God. How many of y'all know faith is a gift from God? God gave it to us. That's a gift from God. And it grows the more you know about him. That's why when you read through stories like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Solomon, you begin to see, oh, this is how my God works. This is how my father does what he does. And once you begin to understand who God is and how he deals with people, your faith grows. And check this out. I know you don't want to hear it, but when you start going through stuff and you begin to put your trust in what God said and you begin to look on the other end as you came out of that thing and said, I stood on the word and I can testify that God's word came true in that situation. Your faith grows and the more you go through things with God, you grow up in the things of God. How many of y'all going through problems right now, but you never thought about standing on a promise to get you out of there? Every dog, woo, I think I wish this thing would just stop. Whoa, man, I'm just tired of this issue. Can somebody help me? And you go to, Lord, God, help me. God, help me. And God said, I gave you a whole book of what I said I would do. Can you just find one and stand on it? Look at somebody and say, "Can you just find one promise? Come on come on, one promise. One that I learned when I was a little boy that I use all the time, you, you' lacking in finances. y'all already know, Come on say where, and my God, shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. My I stand on that all the time? Woo, man, bank account getting too slim, too low. And my God. Woo, <laughs> man, you better pull that out. Come on, say it. where am I God? Shall supply. All my needs. According to his riches. and How much riches does God have? in God? Everything. In other words, there ain't no limit on what God can do for me. Through Christ. you better Look at somebody and say, you better believe God. You better believe God. You better believe God. You better find something in that book to stand on, man. You better stop allowing life to beat you around, beat you down. You better say, no, I'm standing on what God said. And that's what I'm living. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I hear. I don't care what I feel. I can only go by what God said. You have to remind yourself of what God is saying. Then you have to remind other folks in your life who telling you it ain't going to work. You got to say, no, this is what God said. This is what, God, this is what Yahweh said. This is what my father said. So that's all. I, I don't care what you're talking about. Sometimes you have to cut yourself off from them folks. When you're going through certain things, sometimes you just need to say, okay, I ain't calling and talking to you no more. You ain't, got, you ain't, you ain't helping my faith. You ain't doing nothing for me right now. i got to just stay on the word. Look, somebody says, you just got to stay on the word. That's all you can do. Because if if Satan can get you distracted off the word, he got you. But if he can't get your eyes off the word, if he can't get your heart off the word, if he can't get your mouth off the word, he can't do nothing to you. I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell you. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to face some stuff. That doesn't mean the challenges won't be in your life. That doesn't mean the stuff won't be dry in your life sometimes and brutal and seem like it's just breaking apart. But you got to know that God said that all things are working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is working that stuff out, man. So I want to read you something. Abel was about 100, and Sarah was about 90. We're about to read what God did at their old age. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Let's look at this. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. I'm going to say it again. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. This lady 90 years old. And she just had a baby. Her first baby. 90 years old. Somebody say 90 years old. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And Yahweh did for Sarah what he had promised. Look at somebody say, that's your father, right? That's your spirit. That's your heavenly dad right there. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. He was 100 years old, somebody. At the very time God had promised him, at the very time what God promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him and God, as God commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Why? Because a lady, 90 years old, just had her first baby. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Somebody need to raise your hand and say, that's my God right there. Boy, that's my God right there. If God can do it for Abraham, he can do it for you. Abraham was in covenant with God. Guess what? You're in covenant with God too. Remember we talked about last week that hesed, what's that? The unfailing love of God. That loyal love of God that's always there for us. Then we said last week that the compassion is the mercy of God anew every morning. God sees all that stuff you're going through. As you wake up with it, God is waking up. God is see; He's seeing all that stuff that you're going through. And because He loves us so much, He's working it out. But you gotta believe it. Again, Genesis fifteen five: Abram believed God. Abram believed God. Do you believe God today? Because if you believe God today, you can believe God beyond your prop. Then you can say God is fighting for me. Why? Because I see it in the Word. Then you can say God is pushing back the darkness. Why? Because I see it in His Word. See, if I I can't see it in the Word, I can't can't stand by faith on it. But if I see it in the Word, I'm going to take it as mine. Man, you do yourself great harm when you don't read the Bible. You need to get so deep into that Bible. Man, these days are harsh. they tough, man, but hey. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When, when do I get joy in the Lord? When, when I just look in the word, it reminds me of how good God is. So I want y'all to start just finding just, just this week, this is your, this is your homework. Just, just whatever your issue is, I need you to go find two or three verses to stand on. Just saying, Lord, this is what you said. You need to learn that verse by memory. You need to learn those verses by memory. So you can get them in your heart. Because the entrance of God's word, it brings light to your understanding. I'm telling you, get that word, memorize it, and all through the day, when you think about as soon as you think about that problem, say the word that you know. That's how you walk by faith, man. As soon as you think, soon as that, soon as the enemy try to bring this ain't going to work, this ain't going to work. But my God said That you got to just go, you got to go right to the word as soon as that depression starts trying to, but God see, But see, if you don't remember, if you don't have nothing to say, if you don't have nothing that you got laid out for you to stand on, it's going to be hard to have faith, but if you can have a promise in your heart, this is what God said, this is what I'm living on. I ain't going nowhere else. I ain't looking to the left or the right. This is what God said. This is where I am. This is it. This is it. Somebody say, this is it. This is what God said. That's that's, just it. That's it, man. That's that's how I live. That's how I live. When it comes down to this situation in my life, that's how I live. So I'm going to end the same way I said. I started. Can you believe God beyond your problem? I'm going to ask you for you. Yes. Yes. Yes, I can. How?